Hello and welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Michael Curran from the Ottawa Business Journal. Welcome to another episode of Coping with COVID-19. Uh, today we're live and interactive uh, with an audience of local business leaders to deal with another fascinating topic. Uh, today's live and interactive is part of a larger effort from the Ottawa Business Journal to keep local business leaders informed. In fact, we've done about 20 podcasts that are available on OBJ's YouTube uh, channel and also on uh, platforms like uh, Spotify and SoundCloud these days. We've written about 120 articles since the onset of the pandemic to keep local business leaders today. But one of the special things we're doing is uh, uh, almost on a weekly basis, we're going live and interactive with some special guests. And we've got a great one uh, lined up for you here today. Uh, today's topic is specifically aimed at uh, CFOs, uh, financial managers, and, and maybe even company CEOs that want to improve their company's um, strategy and financial performance. Today's topic is how financial leaders can thrive in a COVID world and beyond. And let's now uh, bring on our, uh, our guest. Here we go. Uh, please welcome uh, Dr. Vijay Jock. Hello, Vijay. Hello, how are you? Excellent. It's, uh, we've known each other for uh, way back when. I think I first met you, uh, Vijay, uh, when you were at Carleton University. And, and in fact, you're still part of the faculty at the School of Business brought at Carleton University. Uh, sure. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Vijay. Well, uh, as you know, I've been at Carleton till 2017, started uh, Corporate Renaissance Group uh, in 1989. Uh, we've been very proud to be part of the Ottawa business community for 31 years now. And to be frank with you, we started the business to enable businesses with technology to make the business run more efficiently. So mm. that's kind of the genesis of, uh, of Corporate Renaissance Group. And we do a variety of things. We are a Microsoft partner, as you know, we have multiple solutions really to transform business. And now we call this digital transformation. So it's apropos that we are talking about digital transformation in situations where people are now saying world has changed and how can we use technology to manage the business? Yeah, it's a great point, uh, VJ, and I'm anxious to dig into it. Uh, just before we take a look at today's agenda, I want to welcome Peter Cavesi, our head of content at Ottawa Business Journal. Hello, Peter. Hi, Mike and VJ. Hello, uh, great, great to have you with us. So let's just take a look uh, for a second at uh, today's um, agenda. So we're doing the intros now. We're going to check in with uh, VJ to see what local, what he's hearing from local CFOs. We're going to dig into uh, digital transformation, uh, action items for CFOs and uh, and CEOs, and we'll end with a question and answer session. So uh, let's come back to VJ right now. So. Vijay, you're speaking with C CFOs, financial managers at local companies, Canadian companies, U.S. companies. In fact, you've got companies around the world, a really big uh, client set. What are you hearing these days? So there's a pandemic. This is a very unique uh, economic situation that people are uh, dealing with. What are you hearing from these people? You know, variety of things, given our clients come from variety of sectors. And as you said, many different, many different countries. But CFO are basically saying, I'm getting tired of scenario planning and doing what ifs and responding to board because the situation is so fluid. So here, of course, cash flow. We, of course, hear, what do I do with my team? We, of course, hear, you know, my team is stressed with respect to their personal health and their financial health. And I need to also manage my company health. So cash flows, of course, right on the center of 
CFOs, revenues right in the center of CFO mind. So this is a very, we don't have a playbook, right? So it's a challenging situation for many CFOs, depending upon where they are. Some CM companies, revenues are gone to zero. Never happened in their lifetime. So yeah. this is a completely new world and we have to think differently. Even the most CFOs would have never, you know, people 10, 20, 30 years in their job, VJ would have never experienced like this. You know, a uh, percentage drops down to zero of revenue or, uh, you know, balance sheets being ruined. It's, it's quite incredible. Yeah. And, you know, we had decisions before, right? We had one in 74, one in 81, one in 90, one in yeah. 2000, one is 2009. This is unique. This is absolutely systemic and it's unique. So yeah. no playbook. So, Peter, I, I think we want to get our audience involved here with a poll. So I'm going to throw things over to you and, and set up our first uh, poll. Yeah. So, Vijay, you know, you've made the argument before that even before COVID-19, CFOs and financial leaders have been under pressure like, like never before. Uh, so we're going to explore some of your research in this area in just a moment. But we, as Mike mentioned, we want to do hear from, uh, we want to hear from our audience so we want to ask them, what is the most significant pressure that's facing CFOs and financial leaders today? And I should mention as well, as our audience is, uh, is, is voting, please do uh, type in any questions that uh, you do have for VJ in the um, uh, question and answer box uh, that's down at the bottom of the screen, because we will be uh, going to those uh, questions uh, towards the end of uh, today's uh, podcast. And I'll note to Peter that there's lots of people voting. We'll give them uh, maybe about 10 seconds and then uh, we'll turn things back over to you to see how uh, our poll, poll results. So it looks like the early leader here is tension between old and new. Interesting. Uh -huh. Interesting. Oh, we got a tie now. <laughs> Roll stretch. Anyway, I'll give that five more seconds and we'll wrap it up. All right, there you go, Peter. And here comes the results. Video. Okay, so exact, perfectly tied. Interesting. So, Vijay, let's look at some of the, um, the research that you've done into this area. You were looking into to this question. What did uh, your, uh, your, your research uh, tell you about, uh, about this? Well, you know, there is a lot of research going on with respect to CFOs under pressure. Uh, there is a really good research done by Ernst & Young uh, for talking to multinational CFOs, including small and large, public and private. And their research suggests that CFOs have been under pressure on all four dimensions, okay? Ability to delegate, tension between, as you said, old and new, role stretch, concern over the finance function. My point really is role stretch is coming to CFOs at a faster speed than ever before. Every, every function within the company is coming to the CFO or what we call it office of the CFO and ask them support and help in addition to doing their day-to-day -day job. So this is really getting very challenging for CFOs and now comes, now comes COVID-19. So really challenging. Yeah. So Vijay, I want to get into uh, the next topic. We're using the word digital transformation uh, a lot and that term can mean different things to different people. It might mean at a simple uh, term that you're uh, you don't have your own server in a dusty IT closet. It might mean you're embracing the cloud or it right. could mean something much more. Um, you've, uh, in your series CFO Corner, identified a few specific examples. So maybe start talking about digital transformation a little bit and we might begin with uh, a story or anecdote about McDonald's. Okay. Well, to me, you know, to keep it really simple and not make it technical. It really is to reduce friction. 
by reduced friction, what we mean is if you are dealing with stakeholders and of course, you know, starting with the customers and employees and suppliers and even regulators, how do we use technology to make sure that we do things faster, better, cheaper? Okay, so as you mentioned, the McDonald's example, I think it's a classic example. We all know McDonald's and we have probably seen some of the changes McDonald's has made. But if you look at McDonald's from a lens of an observer, you find that McDonald's has done a variety of things. It has spent literally millions of dollars in what now we call digital transformation. It has now touchscreen kiosks. You know, with my age, I can't use them, but I suspect younger people use it. <laughs> uh, they have instituted mobile order and payments, which wasn't the case before. They now arrange curbside pickups, including Uber Eats, again, reducing friction on the delivery or the supply chain. Uh, they have made some acquisitions because they didn't have the technology to deliver this digital transformation journey. So from a CFO perspective, this is a big challenge because our traditional business case analysis does not yield to, let's call it net present value calculations. We sometimes have to go on faith to say, if I don't do this, I will be out of business or my competition will gain so much market share that I'll be left behind. Another story is, look at what's happening with Shopify. Everybody wants to go now e-commerce, okay? So digital transformation was always here even before COVID-19. Now I think it's front and center. People have realized if we don't enable ourselves with technology, we are not going to be around. COVID-19 or COVID-21 or COVID-21 withstanding. Yeah, it's it's such a good uh, such a good point that you just made there, VJ. That um, this sense of digital transformation, as you said, has been on all of our minds. But it, for many companies, it's probably been you know when I get to it, when we have time, right? We're always kind of pushing it down the road, and we hit this pandemic crisis. And you take a look at McDonald's uh, again, that is still getting orders over apps and Uber yeah. Eats and all this type of stuff. And the Shopify example is a great one as well because. You take a look at main streets in, in our city right here of Ottawa, how many of those shops would have had an e-commerce? They, they probably knew they needed an e-commerce solution, but they had never taken the time. And now some of them have made a quick transformation. But imagine if you had invested uh, that energy in advance, that you were so much more prepared for what comes next. And I think that's kind of foundational in a lot of what you're writing about and speaking about, that if you take the time now, you, you will have the ability to outperform your competitors. Right. You said there's another challenge for CFOs, right? Many of us, including me, come from a traditional world of cost management. And sometimes we are unable to convince our CEOs or the board that this technology will enable us to do things that we could never do before. You know, it's, no, it's old adage, right? Why would, I, why would I update my windows? Well, you could have Windows 83. Well, nobody will join you. <laughs> nobody will join you. They will say, you are ancient. I'd rather go to some place where I can do use modern technology. Reducing friction, even with employees, is important. Can we justify based upon cost and benefit? Probably not. Because benefits are kind of good people won't even apply. I mean, how much value you are losing yeah. by not having the right technology? Right? Yeah. And I think CFOs have to step up to the plate and convince the management team or the C-suite that these are, we must do this just to be in the game. And if yeah. you're not in the game, you're not going to score. Yeah, I like that point too, that it's not only for your clients, but it's for your internal stakeholders, your employees, right? Yeah. To, to build that level of uh, 
uh, of attraction to your company and retention so that the young people, especially today, want to be working with the latest technology and, and be very forward thinking. Yeah. And, you know, if their Nintendo or Xbox is more powerful than your company computer, something is wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, just think about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Peter, I think we're going to go to another poll uh, now. So uh, you set this up and, uh, and we'll have it on screen here in a second. Yeah, so just to set, set the stage, you know, like drawing on that McDonald's example, on, on the surface, a lot of these uh, investments in technology, these, these innovations uh, um, are, they, they, they look like that they're all about, you know, making things more convenient. But of course, you know, as Vijay, as you alluded to, it goes much deeper uh, than that. So what we want to ask uh, our audience is where they see the biggest opportunities to modernization. Where can digital transformation make the biggest impact on your organization? Great questions. Yeah, so that poll is open now for uh, today's viewers. So I encourage you to take the next 20 seconds or so to, uh, to cast your votes. You can, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a preview here. So, uh, well, maybe I won't. I don't want to bias people. So we'll, we'll just see what people are, are, uh, are guessing. Then we'll get Vijay to share some thoughts here. So we'll give about 10 more seconds. Sure. Sounds good. There is a clear leader. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. All Let right. it not be number one. Yeah. yeah. Here, here comes the result. Oh, yes. Okay. I think that's fantastic, guys. <laughs> well, you predicted that, uh, VJ. Yeah, you said no, think, not, no number one. A, no one voted for audience number one. Here. We had a real audience here that yeah, yeah. it says, you know what? Without information and analytics, I cannot make speedy decisions. I mean, we have clients today or prospects maybe who do budgeting in Excel. If you're doing budgeting in Excel and COVID-19 hits and your board wants you to do scenarios every day, you're going to be really, really upset and not have any sleep. Real-time intelligence and analytics is absolutely critical. That also means need to have information on your fingertips. That means good systems that collect good data real-time. Um, you're, you've uh, introduced, uh, this is our third topic here. So um, you've introduced this concept of a model CFO. So, you know, what is the, the perfect CEO, uh, CFO, excuse me, for, uh, for 2020 and beyond. So um, tell us about what the role of that model CFO is in, uh, in, in transforming a company and the steps specifically that they should be thinking about. Sure. So first, you know, um, maybe you can put up the slide and I can just talk about the slide. So we'll have a little bit of context here. So here's my point. First point is that we need to act based upon our core competency. And our core competency really is reducing friction between our systems, so have great systems. Number two, really, within that core competency is do we understand the business drivers? Because if you don't understand the business drivers, you cannot create analytics that are decision-making support analytics. Okay. Number two, we come from a cost containment kind of a thought process because you know deep down we came from the accounting background, whether we like it or not. The challenge we have right now is you cannot take decisions today that are simply related to reducing cost because sometimes those decisions would violate your core values, your mission or your vision, okay? Number three to me is absolutely critical. Again, I'm generalizing. We are typically introverts. We like numbers, we don't like people. That's why we go in finance and not in HR. I'm joking, <laughs> of course, okay? Yeah. But what modern CFO now requires is how can I communicate effectively because I have multiple stakeholders. My communication with employees is going to be different 
than my communication with my key suppliers and my key customers. And it's going to be different to my board members. And I need to do free, I need to increase frequency depending upon the stress the system is having. Some employees today I know are extremely stressed is the CFO's job to convince them, don't worry, things are under control or worry, things are not under control. I'm joking again. Frequent communication that is effective, tailored to a stakeholder group is extremely important. And sometimes we don't do a good job. We go in your finance jargon and people lose us. Okay? So clearly communication is important. Okay? Number four, in that communication, we need to start thinking about customized messaging. Customized messaging meaning, am I to the point? Am I saying too many things? Am I saying too few things? Okay? So communication with customized messaging is never what I call CFO strength. CFO thought internal communication department of my company would do that. Well, unless you do the right content, they cannot communicate effectively. So it's our job now to customize messaging based upon the numbers we are seeing and the impact on the business we are seeing. So quite clearly, that's kind of important, okay? Number five, we just talked about that. Guys, if you have the wrong technology, it's going to be impossible for me to communicate effectively because data I have may be a week old. A week old data in a systemic pandemic situation is completely useless. So the question then is, how can I go from data to information? I mean, I have, a, have an adage we, I talk to my clients that are you a drip organization? And they say another academic word. I say, no, it's not an academic word. Drip organization is data rich, information poor organization. Modern systems provide data, but that's just data. If we don't create information from the data using the right technology, uh, it's not worth having great, great systems to begin with. So that's really important for the CFOs to step into technology world more so than ever before. And technology to me is not Excel. Okay. So that's kind of number five. This is also coming to coming home these days. And I know a lot of companies are trying. If we are going to reduce the cost base and everybody's doing that, if me as an employee coming to work does not see that my leadership team is sacrificing more than me, I don't think I'm going to be a happy camper and be loyal to your company when COVID-19 disappears. Because you may be violating your company's vision, mission, and core values by doing that. So leadership now has to think about their compensation structure and making sure that whatever decision they make, show people that sacrifice is relative. Higher you are, more sacrifice you have to do. The lower in the totem pole you are, they're expected to do less sacrifice, but all of us are in this together. So clearly that's the CFO's role to look at compensation structure and figure out what to do with the cost base that people are fighting today, given the revenues are down. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. And the last one to me is flexibility. I mean, just think about this event that has taken place. It has impacted people's personal finances and that's different for everyone. It has impact, impacted personal health and the family health. That's different for everyone. And it's impacted individuals' jobs depending upon what part of the job they come to. So a message that is non-customized and non-one-on-one -on -one is not a dying message. That just adds more work to CFOs and we are already role stretch. Well, welcome to the new world, more role stretch. Okay. It's, it's incredible when I think about, and, and DJ, you've been in, in uh, doing this for 30 years now. If you were to think of uh, a CFO or finance manager 30 years ago versus today, it's not the same job, is it? 
Absolutely not. Look, 30 years ago, a great CFO was that CFO who 30 days later reconciled the last month's income statement. We said, hooray, numbers match, debits equal credits. Well, now systems do that at day two. T plus two, the data is in, debits equal credits. So clearly the job we had 30 years ago, which more of a number matching job is completely changed. Now people are saying, you have the numbers. We know debits equal credits. You have the systems. Show me the insights that tell me about the future, not about the past. So don't tell me last month's variance was negative. I can see it. I can get the report on my mobile. And I think that's why you talk about digital transformation, Absolutely. right? Because if, if you're that old fashioned CFO and you're stuck producing the income statement and the balance sheet and doing cash flow projection, then you can't get to the strategic stuff. So if there's not a level of automation, you can't, ele you can't elevate your game as CFO. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we don't know the business, what drives the business, we cannot explain the financial numbers. So the CFO really has to kind of roll up, roll up the sleeves and get into the business and also help the business. There's a lot of research that is telling us that C-suite participants are coming to CFOs for help because we are the numbers guys and they are not. So we need to step, really step up to the plate and raise the game. And if you have ancient technology, we just can't do that. We're stuck with worrying about reconciliation. Well, that's 30 years ago, not today. So Peter, we're gonna to go to the interactive component of today. We, we have a good amount of time. We have about nine minutes left. You've got some pre-submitted questions. Uh, some people might be using the Q&A function. Uh, so if you're, we'd encourage you to do that. And, and Peter, uh, fire away for VJ. Okay, and again, just to, to pick up on what you said there, if uh, anyone uh, who is watching uh, the podcast does have any questions, please pop up the Q&A uh, function and, uh, and uh, get, uh, type in your questions to, uh, to, to Vijay. So th the first question, you know, Vijay, one of the real implicit themes of today's conversation has been about leadership. Um, and we've talked a lot about the evolving role of the CFO. I'm wondering from your perspective, help put this in context, what is the role of the CFO vis-a-vis other members of the, the leadership team, like the CEO and other members of the C-suite? Well, you know, clearly three roles, right? The first role is, are you nurturing, coaching, mentoring your finance team? Okay, I mean, if you don't do that well, you have no right to step out of your function. Then you need to have a strong finance team. That also means the finance team has the right processes and the right technology to do their job. Number two, leadership is leading other C-suite executives to let's call it the right shape and space based upon the knowledge the CFO and his or her team has on the business value drivers. So that's number two. Number three, again, I'm generalizing, of course, the CEOs, many of them do not come from a finance background. They're entrepreneurs, they're smart marketers, they are great salespeople, they have gravitas for external relationships, at the end of the day, they have to have a trusted CFO to say, here are the numbers. I swear by it. They are right. And based upon what I know, here is what I think next month or next quarter is going to look like. The CFO cannot provide that kind of a trust. Then we are not doing our good job because that's what CEOs want. And of course, that's what the boards want. Can I trust this individual who comes up with numbers and talks to me about future? And is he right most of the time? Not all the time. Nobody can be right all the time most of the time. So really three leadership roles, the team role, the C-suite role, and the CEO and, and the board role. So 
of course, we're having this discussion, you know, um, in, in mid, amid COVID-19, uh, the pandemic is putting a lot of stress on a lot of uh, in individuals, uh, workplace mental health, uh, you know, emotional stress. Something I'm really curious about is that as we go about, you know, this, this digital transformation journey that, uh, that you've outlined, how can a finance professional make sure that they're keeping their teams motivated uh, along, uh, along the, the, the journey? Well, you know, there is no right answer for it, right? I mean, we are struggling as well everywhere. We have all our team members are working remotely. And when people work remotely, we lose the social touch. We, leave, we lose this corridor talk. We lose this, can I knock on your door and talk to you? So more constant communication is required. You know, we even do Zoom cocktails on Friday at five o'clock <laughs> with beverage of your choice because there is no time. Socializing in that context is a lot more important and have a rule in that session. No business talk. Mm. Otherwise, it's a, it's, we are not creating this social security blanket, if I call it, in the remote workplace. Hmm. And this is all new. There is research now to say Zoom, back-to-back meetings on Zoom actually are very stressful. Mm. Okay? So we should never have 11.30 to 12 o'clock meetings. We should have 11.35 to 11.55. Five minutes before, five minutes after. Some breathing time. So we're learning this. It's all new to all of us, right? We never worked remotely for 11th week of trying out loud. So we do have a, um, one question from a member of our audience, and they're curious about uh, uh, some of uh, the tools inside VJ's uh, toolkit. Uh, the question is, is there any specific software tool that you would recommend, particularly for small organizations, so less than $2 million in revenue, to do scenario planning and forecasting? Yeah, I mean, you know, we are a consulting firm that works with billion dollar corporations to very small companies in, in town. There are planning and budgeting solutions that we, we tailor to the complexity and the size of the business. So there are very nice tools and that individual can contact me, of course, and I can suggest to him very simple, very useful, very friendly, better than Excel toolkit that would allow him or her to do that. Absolutely. All they have to do is to, you know, contact me and I'll, I'll send them to the right place in our company. Yeah. And I suspect this your software as a service model has enabled a lot more of those tools to be accessible these days that Absolutely. we don't need to bring IT people in and install it in the computer and get updates. Yeah. And, none, of, you know. none of that. We are, you know, as they say, we are in the cloud now. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. There's some efficiency. Yeah, much, much easier than 30 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, those are all the questions that uh, did come uh, from, from our audience. I do know, though, that um, all attendees of the, uh, of the, of the podcast uh, will get your contact information um, after, uh, after today's broadcast. So uh, when they do have, uh, if they do have any other follow-up questions, definitely can reach out to, uh, to you and your team. So let's go, Vijay. We'll, we'll start the wrap-up process here. We're coming to the bottom of the hour in yeah. just a couple of minutes. So um, there, there are a number of people online today. Uh, they're either uh, you know, leaders of their companies or working in the finance department. What, is, what are like one or two practical steps that they could be taking after this, uh, this podcast to say, I'm going to do something about this situation. You know, our digital matur maturity uh, and transformation it isn't where it needs to be and our financial systems need to be more robust to, to deal with this uh, almost catastrophic economic situation. So where can they start, I guess? You know, no different than what we've been doing for the last 30 years, right? And you know, to, be, to be open here, what we do always is to say, assess the current state. If you don't assess the current state, we cannot move you forward. But number two is 
not only assess the current state, where do you want to go in the future state? If you're going to acquire more companies, as an example, we have a different roadmap for you. If you're only going to stay where you are, we'll have a different roadmap for you. And number two, I, I suggest to my prospects and clients, courage. We require courage. If we are timid, we won't move. I am all for get everybody's buy-in. Well, everybody's buy-in, will the train would leave the station and we'll be still getting everybody's buy-in. Yeah. We need to have some leadership to say, this is where we want to go. It is where we're going. I've done the due diligence. Let's move. And I find CFOs being way too cautious. Way too cautious. It's our accounting background. It just, yeah, it's cautious. They're just yeah. cautious people, right? Yeah. Afraid to make a mistake. And, you know, if you don't take a shot, you won't score. That's my point. Yeah. The, the old uh, Wayne Gretzky saying. So listen, uh, this, isn't, this is an issue that is complicated and uh, people might need some help out there. So uh, Vijay has been kind enough to, uh, to join us for this uh, 30 minute session. If you need to contact him, you can see uh, the uh, contact email right there, crg at uh, crgroup.com. Uh, Vijay, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Pleasure, it's, pleasure. Thank it, you very much. Enjoy, it can't, enjoy, the it, warm, enjoy the warm sunny day, guys. Yeah, it, it can't, yeah, yeah, that's it. It can't be said enough, though, the, the role of the CFO and the finance department in this uh, situation cannot be overestimated. You need, strong, you need strong people in that department or else your entire company's future is at stake. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So listen, that's all the time we have for today. We're, we're almost exactly at 1230. Uh, please stay tuned to uh, OBJ for lots of COVID-19 coverage. You can visit obj.ca. Uh, it's updated regularly throughout the day. Check us out on YouTube. We have, as I said, about 2021 20, uh, different videos on COVID-19. And we've done about 130 uh, overall articles since this, uh, the onset of this pandemic. So thanks to the editorial team. Uh, for, on behalf of VJ and Peter Cabessium, Michael Curran signing off. Uh, please join us again. Watch our calendar for some more live and interactive. That's all the time for today. Thanks, VJ. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Peter. Take Bye -bye. it easy. Bye-bye.